you are listening to the Spiritual Warrior Coach with Barbara Sabin, the podcast for discovering how powerful your wisdom, compassion, and courage is. Get ready to join Barbara and her guests as they explore and offer you advice on how to reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And now, here's the host of the show, Barbara Sabin. Thank you for joining me today, and welcome to the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. I am your host, Barbara Sabin, and I am here to help you reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. I am a certified clinical and medical hypnotherapist, Reiki master and teacher, energy healing specialist, life coach, best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. You know, I have been helping my clients for over 35 years, and the older I get, hmm, the more wisdom seems to come through. So isn't it time that you believe in yourself? You know, your mind is going to provide you with your greatest challenges in life because your mind is so very, very powerful. So let's use that mind for positive thinking, creating harmony, balance, peace, love, happiness, and anything else that your heart desires. Because one day, the world will tap you on your shoulder and say, this is your time to shine. And speaking about shining, I'm going to bring my guest on right now. How are you, Michael? <laughs> well, I'm doing great. Thank you very much, uh, Barbara, for inviting me. And uh, I've been looking forward to this uh, this talk with you. Oh, thank you. So have I. So let me tell my listeners a little bit about you. Um, Michael J. Dorfman, he was born in Brooklyn, New York, and he has been residing in Mexico for almost 50 years. And because of his growing interest in Eastern philosophy, Michael decided to become a vegetarian in 1976. But then for health reasons, in 2008, he chose to make the change to a whole food plant-based diet. And in 2019, he published the best-selling book, The Thriving Vegan, available on Amazon. And he has thousands of followers on uh, Facebook and so many other uh, avenues. And gee, welcome. You know, I am so happy uh, to have you on the show today. Thank you, Barbara. Glad wow, to be here. so... Wow, so you you've had a long journey here. So, were, uh, I, I guess were you always vegan, or what made you change your diets and everything? I'm just curious. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting because I was looking uh, a while back, and I was seeing that I was born a month after the Japanese invaded Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I just thought oh. I'd throw that out. <laughs> It's been a while I've been around, I guess. Oh, what year was that? Well, I was born in 42, and uh, January 6th, 1942, and the invasion was December 7th, 1941. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, uh, yes, so, you know, my early life, you know, I was born into uh, a family, and my father was, uh, my father was a butcher, uh, my brother was a butcher, and uh, and then oh. I found out that uh, I had two uncles and two cousins that were butchers. Oh my! Uh, yeah, luckily I avoided that. <laughs> but 
But yeah, so uh, you know, we ate uh, we ate the meat every day, just about, and dairy as well. And I grew up uh, on that uh, diet, and I never questioned it. You know, as you're growing up, you're young, and you just basically uh, eat what your mom puts on the table and my, the, my friends also and uh, it was you know the basic seven was what we followed that was the the diet that was uh, recommended it was uh, based on meat and dairy and then some vegetables and fruits and uh, and nuts but uh, that's what it was the the fortunate thing was as i think back is that we really didn't have that many options for uh, uh, foods that, that were highly processed. That came in later, you know, and now we have so much of that. So that was the lucky part of it, that we didn't have that. So, uh, you know, we didn't get, the, people lived a long time at that time. My mother, uh, she passed away uh, when she was six months from being 100 years old. Wow. And uh, my, my father, my father passed away when he was 78. But he was in prime shape. The unfortunate thing was that uh, he was a painter because he was able to avoid going to the war because he had two children. And uh, he, he was a painter on the, in the Brooklyn Navy Yard of the ships. And uh, the unfortunate thing was at that time, and nobody knew about it, uh, as best he was in the hulls, painting the hulls of these ships, and he was exposed all the time to... Uh, asbestos and unfortunately it hit him 40 years well when 19 when he was 78 years old wow. uh many years later but i was raised like that and uh i continued and i was i played uh, football in high school i had i had actually scholarships to four universities in football i was pretty strong and hefty then and uh and then uh like you mentioned uh in 1976 I became interested in the uh, Eastern philosophy and there were a lot of vegetarians on side, that side of the world. And I gave up, uh, I gave up eating meat. And uh, actually I gave up smoking the same day I gave up eating meat. That was a pretty tough decision. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so I was able to do that. And, uh, and I went and for many years, I, mean, I don't know, 30 some odd years, I was uh, a vegetarian and, uh, I, the only thing was, you know, I felt pretty good, uh, but I would get sick uh, a couple of times a year. Not seriously ill, but I would get, either it was the flu or the grip, or I would get congestion and sore throat and sometimes head colds. And without fail, it was every year, I would get once or twice a year. So my brother, my brother was, uh, had been a vegan and we're talking about way back uh, for already 20 years at that time. So he's now 86 and he's doing extremely well. So he's told me, well, why don't, you know, maybe the, the problem is the dairy. And, uh, and I was, it was very difficult. I mean, dairy for most people is even harder to give up than, than meat. You know, I, so for me, it was like, you know, the pizza and the, uh, and uh, yogurt and i it was very hard for me but uh, he said look he suggested that i read the china study which is actually the first book i read on plant-based foods that was written by t colin campbell 
Uh, he was he did the China study. It was a twenty year study in China, and he was contracted by I think it was Xiao Enlai, who was then the premier of China or the president of China. It was to study uh, uh, cancer in China. So I read the book, and I, I just uh, fell in love with it, and I I decided to give up uh, meat. And that was close to, well, this December, September is going to be about 14 years that I've been eating a whole food plant-based. And, uh, and you know, I, just to continue just a, a little bit, uh, that was, for me, I haven't really turned back. I just really, I'm 80 years old. I'm really feeling great. Uh, I feel as good as I've ever felt in my life. But it was really something that happened uh, nine years ago. And that was... Uh, because I was feeling good for myself. But nine years ago, a friend of my wife and I, uh, her Beatrice, she was living in Cozumel, Mexico. She had a heart attack, and she was uh, she went to Merida, which is uh, not too far from Cancun. And uh, she w went under surgery, and she came out okay. She went back home, and a year later, uh, she had pain in her right arm, and the doctor told her he had to come back again. So she went back, and they wanted to put a stent, uh, you know, because it was already clogged up, that artery. So the problem was that the vein that they replaced the artery with uh, was too narrow, and they couldn't fit the stent in there. And they told her there was really nothing they could do. So they sent her home, and... And they told her not to exert herself too much, not to do exercise, not to climb, you know, stairs, even though our bedroom was on the second floor. But what they didn't tell her, what, and they told my wife, and they told her son, is that the doctors expected that she had six months to live. That's the situation uh, she was in. And then she went home. She, the the inter interesting thing is that they didn't tell her that. So that she went home. And I heard about it, and I knew I had heard that there were doctors, uh, you know, for example, uh, Essels, Dr. Esselstein, and uh, and who was else, uh, Dr. Ornish. There were doctors who had having tremendous success reversing uh, heart problems with with diet, with wow. a plant-based diet. So uh, I read this, and uh, the book by Esselstein is how to prevent and reverse heart attacks. And that's the book that Bill Clinton read and changed his life because he had uh, a stent put in and he, he decided he wanted to go on a, on a vegan diet. So I, I recommended the book to Beatrice. She read the book and uh, she decided to, uh, to go for it. And uh, instead of living the six months, she lived close to eight years. Wow. So to me, yeah, that was incredible. And for me, that was like, had a tremendous impact. And I was thinking, how is it possible that doctors, you know, this was my first, you know, the first realization that doctors really don't know very much about nutrition, you know, for health, because they, they don't learn that, you know, they learn what they learn about drugs and the other interventions they had. But this for me was, a, a, you know, a tremendous, had a tremendous impact. And I decided at that point, I really need to, I need to let people know about you know the power of plant-based foods and not only in in heart disease but it ends up in other diseases as well wow so so that's what made you actually decide to educate others because of that situation exactly it's an eye-opener for you 
And it was so, really great. And it was really great for me because here I was, I was getting older and I was just sort of hanging out and, you know, just doing whatever I do. And all of a sudden I have a, a mission, you know, and it, that mission turned into a passion yeah. and that's what I'm doing. And, uh, and I started, you know, I wrote the book and, uh, I've been giving talks here in Mexico because I'm living here so long. And, uh, you know, I just, then I decided to do podcasts and it's been wonderful for me. And there you go. See, we're, we're never too old to find our purpose and passion in life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's really interesting you mentioned that because uh, I wrote this uh, piece on, uh, uh, the name of the piece is called well, Welcome to the Wisdom Years. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, you know, the problem, you know, when you get older, you know, you get into your 70s, and even in the 60s, you know, you know, you, people think that you're over the hill, you know, and they, well, it's time to put my parents in a home or, you know, you, there's nothing that they contrib can contribute to society. And for me, my understanding is that, okay, it's true. We don't have the physical attributes and uh, we don't have, you know, we're losing some, you know, our muscle mass, whatever it is happening to our bodies. But there's something that we do have and that is, comes from the experience and the knowledge we attain during our years and that can be turned into wisdom when that when that experience and the knowledge becomes an understanding it turns into a wisdom and that's what we have when we get older we we have that wisdom and that's what we can give back to society exactly and that is that's priceless i agree it it's one of the beautiful things about growing old. It, it's funny because I'll, I'll be actually be 74 this September. And I have friends back, back East and they say, well, when are you going to retire? <laughs> but right. I look at them and I say, yeah, number one, I, I, I still do energy healing in my office and hypnosis. And now I have my podcast up and running for a year already now. Why would I retire if this is something that I love to do and it's my purpose and passion? And the podcast, the reason why I'm doing it is to have people like yourself on so that listeners can find people like you to help them. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to know that this is what we're, we're doing in, in, in this, at, at this you know, time of our lives. Yeah, it truly is, you know, and I think one of the problems is, you know, they created this concept of the American dream and the American dream is you will retire at a certain age and then you can do whatever you want. But it ends up that people become so bored, they leave their, the work that they even loved and mm -hmm. they just don't do anything. And that's the, to me, that's about the worst thing you can do is just, you know, you, okay, now it's time I can watch all the television shows I have or whatever. You know, but no, it's really that when we have purpose in our lives, you know, it changes everything. Changes everything. So, you know, so why why do you feel? Because I know you do plant based now. That why why actually are plant based foods the best uh, option? You know, for personal health and and I'd have to say for health of the planet. Right. Well, well, first of all. You know, we have to, the uh, standard American diet is what uh, 
most Americans and most people in the West follow. And that is a diet based, it's a similar diet to what I, you know, we grew up on, I grew up on, you know, with the basis of meat and dairy and lots of dairy and eggs and some, you know, pl uh, plant-based foods, vegetables and, and fruit. And the problem is, is that, you know, Western people who live in the West are not very healthy. Americans aren't very healthy. We have, uh, you know, it, it's come to the point where you sort of expect that you're either going to die from one of the chronic diseases, whether it's heart disease, whether it's uh, cancer, and now, you know, diabetes, etc. And, you know, I've been finding through, you know, my experience with plant-based foods that the plant-based foods have certain advantages, very important advantages. And one is, is that they're they have antioxidants, which is very, very limited in, in animal-based foods. Antioxidants uh, that are good for fighting against the free radicals that cause cancer. We have phytonutrients, which is another type of antioxidants that come from plants. This is all that comes from plants. Whole uh, carbohydrates. Carbohydrates is energy. Uh, carbohydrates is, is filled, with, filled with nutrients. I'm not talking about the uh, processed carbohydrates, which so many people eat, you know, whether it's white bread, white rice, uh, sugars, and, and other processed foods. Uh, so, you know, that's what that has. And then it's also low fat. We don't, plant-based food don't have uh, saturated fats, or very few. The only ones that really have saturated fats are coconut and... Uh, and what's the other one? Palm, palm oils palm have oils, sa yeah. Yeah, saturated fats. And yet, here we have animal foods. We have, you know, cholesterol. Yes, cholesterol is important for the body, but it's the cholesterol we get from the excess cholesterol that we get from eating foods that cause the problems that, you know, cause the plaques, that cause, uh, you know, problems in our arteries and eventually our hearts. And also the other thing, you know, for people who... Uh, you know, the option of, you know, of animals that are in the, the, uh, the, the uh, industrialized farming, uh, they are animals that are, you know, treated, well, we know how they're treated. They're tortured and they're killed and they're given, they're given uh, large amounts of the uh, antibiotics so they don't get uh, infections and they're given growth hormones to grow so that they get fat and that's what so we're getting all of this if we eat you know these animal products that especially from the uh factory farms we have the two different and the other thing you know i was searching and looking well where do the healthiest people live in the world and what do they eat and uh the healthiest people live in the world that live in the healthiest people in the world live in rural china rural Japan, parts of Africa, and also uh, in, the, in the blue zones. I don't know if you're aware of the, of the blue zones. No, I'm not, no. Okay, the, so well, uh, Dan Buettner was, uh, this was years ago, Dan Buettner was contracted by National Geographic to look for where the healthiest and longest living people in the world live. And he came up with uh, the five five different places, and they are Okinawa in Japan, Sardinia in Italy, Ikaria, I think I don't know if it's Ikaria or Ikaria in Greece, Nicoya in Costa Rica, 
And interestingly, Loma Linda in California, where the sixth, uh, Seventh-day Adventists uh, live. And these are the longest living and healthiest uh, people in the world. And, and it's called the Blue Zones. He named it the Blue Zones. So, and, and the interesting thing is that there are certain basic things that all these places have in common. And one is they're basically plant-based. Yes, they eat, they'll eat some fish maybe or some uh, meat, uh, which happens to be not very, you know, more fresh than coming from uh, uh, from farms. And uh, so they're eating, the, and they also have certain lifestyles that they have certain things in common, which is also part of, you know, what I, I teach and what I speak about. So this is what the, uh, you know, this is why for me and on my experience, you know, plant-based foods, uh, I think it's the best way to go. And then what you mentioned about the planet, there are several reasons. One is uh, in order, because there is so much interest in meat, uh, growth of meat, uh, there has been most of the land that we now uh, clean, the arable land is dedicated to crops that feed the, uh, the animals that we end up eating. So uh, approximately, I think it was 55% of all the arable land is being used for, you know, for foods, whether it's soy, whether it's, uh, it's uh, uh, corn. Uh, and interestingly, these, this is not the natural foods for the animals. animals. Like, yeah, so cows are supposed to be eating grass and they're not being fed that. They're being fed this, this food that's not natural for them. So, but the practice, problem is, beside that, that's what we're eating, is that they're destroying the forests, the grasslands, and the mangroves for feeding the livestock. And that's, you know, we need that. So instead of feeding people uh, with, the, you know, from this land, they're feeding the livestock, which reduces the arable land for feeding uh, humans. Plus we have, plus we have, you know, because of the chemical pesticide, the fertilizers that are going into the land, this is depleting the soil. So it's destroying the soil, which is not helping the growth of, of uh, healthy plants and also form poor farming techniques that they're doing uh, for, for the, for, you know, on this land. And then we have the rivers and the streams that are being contaminated by factory farm wastes. You know, whether it's the antibiotics to go in there, the waste from the animals, uh, or the, uh, what was it I mentioned before? The, well, the, uh, the hormones that go into the rivers and streams. And then uh, what else happens? What else happens is that uh, we, you clean all this land and you destroy the forests. I mean, we're talking about forests, rainforests in Amazon. We're talking about the forests. When I go through in Mexico, I used to go to uh, the state of Chiapas, which to me was the most beautiful state in Mexico because it was like the Amazon. It was beautiful rainforest. And I went there years ago and you, it, it makes you cry because they're destroying it. They're, they're making arrows. They're just destroying the rainforest, which are the lungs of the earth. So the other thing that happens when you start destroying the rainforest and and the uh, mangroves and the grasslands, what is happening to the species that are occupying these places? They have to look for other places to go. 
Yeah, and they they the other habitats which they're not uh, uh, you know used to, so you're causing this, and they go extinct because they can't uh, survive that way. And then the other thing is, I wanted to get to the final thing, which is the ocean pollution. The ocean pollution is you know we're we're being you know uh, the information says that the ocean pollution is coming from the plastics and the straws we use, and that's true. But the real that the the ocean is the overfishing, and that uh, there's a there's a new documentary out called Sea Spiracy, and it's amazing. It's just that because of our need for for you know to eat fish, they're just overfishing. And what happens is that they have these unbelievably large nets. I mean, they're outrageously large that they drag along the bottom of the ocean and they pull in everything and they throw away and the, uh, the fish that they don't want and it's the, they die. So it's with the fish are dying and the fish are dying. It's overfishing. And now they're looking. I mean, this was what the documentary was showing. They will now they're looking, they're searching for, you know, oceans that are still clean. And the ones that are clean are the ones uh, around Africa. Those are the ones that are left. So all of this, you know, is having this effect on the planet. And if we, to my opinion, if we start not eating, well, start eating more plant-based food because they require less land, much less land, much less water, and they don't contaminate more the, the omissions, you know, the CO2 emissions, they don't contaminate the atmosphere, I think we could start reversing it, and that is something that we don't have to wait for people to tell us to do. We don't have to wait for, you know, they get together in the in the Paris, uh, you know, with Paris Agreement and uh, and these oh, meetings. Climate. Mm -hmm. It's climate and what we should do, and they're focusing basically on, uh, you know, the CO2 emissions from from automobiles and also from industries. But there's, they're not mentioning at all about, you know, what we're doing, what we humans are doing, actually doing to the land, to, you know, this beautiful planet that we have. So with the plant, I mean, it's a shame everything's going on and, and everything is, so much food is genetically modified. Oh, yeah. They, they spray the life out of the vegetables. Um, and, uh, and of course, the... I remember in my days um, in the 40s and 50s uh, when we would go shopping for, you know, either meat or, you know, chicken. The chickens were scrawny looking because they weren't pumped up with all this antibiotics and stuff. And I always tell my husband, you need to pick the the ugly the, uh, the smallest chicken because then you know it doesn't have all that stuff in it you know and and yeah it, it, it's a shame that um back then you know in our time we ate it was really organic because there was nothing added to it other than the spices that we added to it but now everything is fast food you got mcdonald's and wendy's oh, yeah. and starbucks and everything is so processed that you really can't taste the the fresh, you know, how a really good steak, say, tastes or or right. good chicken cutlet or something that with, with the plant-based foods that I was getting at. Um, do, do you feel that they're 
they're doing it, they're, they're putting plant-based foods organically, or are some of these companies spraying, you know, all these vegetables with uh, all this, um, you know, pesticides? Yeah, well, that's the problem, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, the day, what Monsanto, you heard of Monsanto, right? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. What Monsanto is doing, you know, Monsanto, they control, uh, I mean, I think their, their aim is to control the food supply in the world uh-huh. and their seeds. And now, you know, people sue them, because, well, they're suing people. No, they're suing people because they're using their seeds without permission. And, and here in Mexico is really interesting because the president here doesn't want the Monsanto to do this here. And we don't want the, the GMO, you know, the, 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 uh, the, what do you call it, the corn and the soy. And it, it's a challenge. So here where we live in uh, San Miguel de Allende, very fortunate because there's a lot of organic farms around here. And it's true what you say. You go into the, you know, where the produce is and you look for the ugliest apples. You look for the... <laughs> I know. <laughs> you go into the supermarket and everything is perfect. Yes. And then when you go into the organic, it's like, Oh, this looks organic. It's so tiny compared to the. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. It's 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 true. it's a challenge, and I'll tell you, it's, Mexico used to be a very healthy country, but then you know it came in with the fast foods in the nineteen in nineteen seventy nineteen eighty. They get you know, uh, well, it's McDonald's and then uh, Burger King came in, and then uh, at that time in the nineteen eighties is when the the package industry just blossomed and you could all you could uh package everything in plastic and that's what started the uh the uh, what do you call it distribution around the world uh, of packaged processed foods you know the candies and the cakes and and that's mexico is now not a healthy country. I mean, we're in Mexico, the United States is one and two in obesity. Some yes. sometimes, and in uh, also Mexico is very high in uh, type two diabetes, heart disease, cancer. It's such a sad thing. And even these places, like for example, Okinawa, Okinawa, and I mentioned it is one of the blue zones. McDonald's there now, and what's happening is that the younger generation is being turned on so much to this you know, to this, to this processed foods and the fast foods that I don't know how long they're going to last either. So I think there's a battle going on between, you know, the natural and, uh, and what's happening. And it's a struggle because there's so much power. There's so much money behind, you know, the food industry. Food industry. And, you know, unfortunately we've become a pharmaceutical based society. Yeah. And tell me about it. (laughs) I know us, us oldies, we know (laughs) because back then it it was not like this and everyone's looking for quick, unfortunately, quick food. Yeah. And there's, there's no nutritional value. That's why, as you mentioned, that's why there's so much diabetes and even little kids are becoming diabetic little children all of a sudden have cancer or heart or heart problems it's it's what we're i mean i feel it's what we're feeding them 
you know, yeah, of course, and- environment, you yeah. know, the environment has a lot to do with it too. And all these injections and shots that we give them, but for the most part, it's, it's the food and the soda and the, it, yeah. it's just not good. Yeah. To me, uh, the food is food is the, I mean, for me, it's 70% of the answer. Uh-huh. And, you know, beside uh, the uh, lifestyle choices we make, because food is the most, it's the most intimate thing. We, we, it goes in our bodies. It's the fuel yes. that for our bodies. And, you know, and it affects the, everything. It affects the uh, microbiome in our gut. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, well, maybe, I don't know, most people believe that, uh, you know, cancer happens when you're older or f- uh, or uh, heart disease happens when you're older or uh, type 2 diabetes when you're older or high blood pressure and it's not true no. it starts when you're young you know that's why you like you mentioned that children are getting like diabetes be- before it was now it's type 2 diabetes before it was called adult onset diabetes because it wasn't found in children no. they changed the name you know, because you look at the over the obesity in children. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, and uh, and that's what happens. So a lot of people think, you know, by the time, you know, okay, for example, people, you know, women go through a, a you know their test via mammogram, and then mammogram's supposed to be for early detection. The truth is, it's not early detection, because no. it's already found. You can already detect it on a machine. It may go back, like my father, I mentioned that my father had his cancer growing since the 1940s, and it didn't hit him until the, until he was seven day, 78 in, uh, when was it, the 1970s. So, you know, cancer and heart disease, they take decades sometimes to manifest, you know, as a, as a chronic disease. So we have to wake up to this, this, this you know, this fact that it all starts when we're very young and it's really important that we, you know, start, you know, eating healthy and living a healthy lifestyle, you know, from a younger age. I know I see some of the, you know, here in California, uh, parents buying their kids, the Starbucks drinks. And, and I said to myself, my God, it's filled with so much sugar. Right. And the kids are eating tons of, of candy and ice cream and, and I, I don't understand why they cannot see how bad it is for you. And I, and even with my clients, I tell them, you know, sugar, you know, cancer feeds on sugar. So it's important to try to cut it out. Right. You know, don't, don't give that kid that look grande or whatever it is because he wants it, you know, tell him no, you know, give him water. Not the, but the older Yeah, but the addiction is so strong, the you know, and the, and the people who are moving this or promoting the, all these foods, they know mm-hmm. this, you know, they're, uh, I forgot what they're called. They're, they're trained to, to find out, you know, between the fats and the sugars and the oh, salt, yeah. that's where it's done. So you have an addiction, you know, all the, the, it's the foods that you're addicted to and you know, you could say, well, you should give it up. It's like smoking, you know, you should give it up. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do. And food addiction is hard to give up. You have to really make a decision. But the the important thing about it, it isn't that 
it isn't if a person decides that okay i want to give it up it isn't that difficult to do because because your uh, taste buds you know if it wasn't for our taste buds you know the taste buds are replaced renovated every few weeks so like for example if uh, if you you know you like salt a lot uh, and you just everything has to have a lot of salt if you, if any, someone gives up the salt for a few weeks you know maybe for a month or so and then put salt in their mouth it's it's so powerful because it's their taste buds their new taste buds so that's what uh, you know it's really important is that people understand that you can make a change and the, and another reason is I, I forgot his name uh, the name of the mayor uh, the mayor of New York What's his name? Eric oh, the, or... the new the new mayor the new, the new mayor of New York he's he's vegan I don't know oh. I don't know yeah he's vegan so uh, I was listening to a, a speech uh, from him uh, not too long ago and he was talking about he's made a lot of changes in the school system. He's oh, taking foods from the school in, 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 I think he started in Brooklyn and he's taken out some of the fast foods and uh, he's substituting him with, with vegan options. So, and, uh, and beside, and he was talking about, uh, it was called synapse connections. You know, he was, wasn't talking about the, the taste to make the change. He was talking about, we, we adapt habits, new habits by new connections in the brain. He was saying this, and that's what we need to do. We need to make new connections in the brain with the new food that are healthy foods, but it takes time. So we need some patience. We need some weeks, maybe a couple of months until the brain says, okay, and it starts making new connections. And then we feel good. And we find out that eating fruits and vegetables is very tasty very you don't tasty. even have to do much to you know if you if you cook meat or any you have to add a lot of spices you know who's going to eat you know uh, you cut up in my you know my father was the butcher you don't just take a piece of meat and say okay eat it unless you're starving somewhere <laughs> you know you have to fry it or you have to add the salt and all the spices but vegetables and fruit they have their own taste one tastes differently but we have to adapt to it we have to start enjoying it and it isn't that difficult to do and once you do that and you start feeling healthy you start losing weight to me the best way of losing weight is a plant-based diet because you know you don't have the calories you have the nutrients but you don't have the the tremendous amount of calories that you're taking in so it's and it's not it's not a quick thing you know so many people go on these you know diets and they change from one diet to another other but you know because they don't work over long you know long periods but when you start adapting to plant-based foods it's uh it takes time it's it's gradual you don't lose immediately but you lose and then you maintain you know your uh, your ideal weight so you know that's what i found for myself do you find also that um uh, people can actually like say if they have a, a garden um, makes, you know, grow some of these foods on their own? Yeah, it's interesting because that's what my wife does. Like my passion oh, okay. is talking about it and uh -huh. she's growing it. So ah. she, we, we have a garden in our backyard mm -hmm. and uh, more and more we're living off of it. 
And fortunately, we have uh, also a lot of organic food places here. So uh, most, I would say, you know, we get maybe 40% from the garden and oh, another wow. 40%. Yeah, and we have tomatoes and lettuce and, uh, and kale and, and chard and spinach and uh, all of these good things. And we have this, uh, we have a lot of uh, also courses. So this Saturday, it's a four hour course. Uh, we're gonna learn more about it. And I'm gonna go for the first time because it's really you know more her thing than mine, but she says, "Come with me, let's learn together." So, uh huh. I'm, I'm gonna go. Well, why not? Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Maybe a second book will be in the writing, right? Yeah. Well, it is. I, I'm sort of writing. Actually, one of the things I'm preparing now is an ebook, which I, oh. I'm going to I'm going to be sending out to uh, you know everybody subscribes to my uh, my website. So I'm really working on it, and I think it's going to be a really good, you know, general idea of what I see is happening. You know, because, you know, for you too, you know, we, we've been through, we, back then it was different. And, and the kids today, they don't have that experience. They're losing it. And they don't have the experience of what it was like when we used to go out to play and enjoy going out and, and be with our friends, you know? And, and now it's just looking at their cell phones and, and screens and, and that's what they're born born into now. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a shame they're, they're enjoying life. You know, there, there's, I, I remember, well, growing up in Coney Island, we'd go out, my mom would say, make sure you come back when those lights, you know, the, the lights in the street come on. And we came back and, and she didn't have a phone to figure out where are we? You know, she knew we were around that area and we did come back when those lights came on. And so you there went, was no, yeah. yeah. So you went to Coney Island. Yeah, I was I was born and raised in Coney Island. Yeah. Do and, you um, were you there with Steeplechase? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> no that was kidding. our favorite place to go. The oh electric cars God. and yeah, ro yeah roller the horses. Through. The horses. Yeah, the electric horses. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Those were the days, and yeah. I look back and I say, wow. You know, and I remember, uh, you know, when Nathan's fir uh, first uh, opened his first, um, um, you know, food place in right. Coney Island. Coney Island, and, right. Yeah, and I look back and I say, wow, but that was, that was fun. You know, we didn't have all this distraction. We we all knew one another and we played and we we drank water from the hose and we shared all of our drinks and no one was sick. No one was sick. Right. It was so different back exactly. then. And my grandma would always and you also, know, yeah, yeah. cook, you know, uh, uh, all the time we ate fresh vegetables. Right. Were you, uh, I, you know, I, I remember back then also, you know, if we get into this, uh, the natural immunity, uh, mm -hmm. they didn't have those, all these vaccines then. No. So no. I, I don't know if you guys, oh, because I, I had the measles, mumps, and chicken pox. So I, did I. I, I had to go through it. And uh -huh. uh, we used to have the parties. I remember the measles party over in my house. Yeah, Slightly easy. remember it. Cause, uh -huh. <laughs> but we did. And, you know, you you just got it. And then you, when you felt well, you go back to school and somebody else would get it. And they would stay home for a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. You went back. And the only uh, vaccines we got back th uh, th then were, it was the polio 
and the smallpox. Yeah. That's what small I remember. Mm-hmm. And that that's was it. Too. Mm-hmm. And then we were immune and we didn't get anything, you know, the other diseases. And now it's just like it's va- the vaccine world. You know, the United States, the, yeah. by the time you get out of uh, high school, you've got 72 vaccines, you know, including the boosters. Mexico yeah. isn't that much. Mexico is like 30, I think it's 36, half the amount. But, uh, you know, it's, but we've, we've forgotten about the natural immunity was good, you know, and, and that's what I, because I haven't gone into the vaccines anymore. I didn't take, I didn't take the vaccines for, for, you know, COVID and I'm depending upon it. And, and I got, you know, I got symptoms in January, but I didn't lose faith and I got trust. No, I know my body's going to take care of it, you know, and I think we need to go back to that and, and hopefully you know, with you, with this, your podcast and what you're doing and, and other people are doing uh, is that, you know, people will start questioning and, and hopefully that'll happen because if we don't, you know, the future generations, it's going to be very difficult to turn things around. Yeah, it'll be very, very difficult. I mean, I did not take the COVID shot. Um, because I did read all the ingredients and I said, hmm, not me, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I get sick or if I have to take antibiotics, then I'll take it. I'm like this about it, but I'll, I'll do it. But for the most part, I am not uh, a medicine person. And, mm. and I feel if we keep our immune system up there, we have a better chance uh, to fight off a lot of things that come at us, including the COVID, because I did have COVID and it was, mm-hmm. I, I was sick for, for two weeks, but I wasn't deathly ill like some other people I know. Yeah, then I agree with it. Same thing with my wife. We haven't had the uh, vaccine. My uh, sons and their, his wives, their wives and children didn't get the vaccines and one uh, the one in California is very fortunate because he's, he's going to be nine years old and hasn't had the vaccine. So, but he, you know, he's going to be faced with it in case it eventually gets to it. You know, they're going to make it man, uh, mandated. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, they, they are, yeah. they are, you know, they read the information, they question, like question. you're saying, you know, yeah, it's important to question. I mean, question everything because there's 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 so much pressure to you know to you know make us eat the food they want us to eat you know to uh, you know take the drugs you know that's a whole other story about you know how the drugs started and uh, and now we're a drug-based society you know it's oh. it's a pill for an ill people don't want to wait till they get, till their you know health their body takes over and starts healing itself they don't want to wait. They no. just, you know, they see the advertisement on TV and say, take this drug and uh, take that drug. And that's what they, so it's, it's faster, you know, life is fast now. So why would I want to get sick and wait a week or so get well? I'll just take a pill, but then you get the side effects and then yes. you take another pill. And, and that's, you know, it's this it's a vicious uh, cycle. Uh, vicious cycle. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I, you know, I feel, you know, like you're talking about plant based foods are very important for us and and when you really think of it it's going back to when we were kids again my you know my grandma would always cook uh 
vegetables and and we were all very healthy and thank god to this day you know i i've remained healthy it's because i take care of myself and um i mean don't get me wrong every now and then uh, i'll 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 have an in and out burger, which like, I don't know why it happens, but it does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I said, all right, we'll just go for the burger and the fries, you know, but that's not all the time. That maybe, maybe is once every, I'd say maybe three or four months, I get that feeling. All right, I'll just go for that. But, and I see some people, they do it like it's on a daily basis and it just, it's not healthy for us. And, and this society, unfortunately, we we look at, you know, just hurry up, you know, quick and order food and have it delivered. We, we don't cook anymore. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. And uh, not, you know, it's interesting here because where I live in San Miguel, we have a lot of expats here. We have, I think there are more than 10,000 Americans living here and they mm-hmm. keep coming. <laughs> a lot of young people coming, <laughs> but they all go, they go out to restaurants and they don't cook because they're not used to cooking. It's, you know, so it's my wife is Mexican, so she loves to cook. And that's what happens in the States. It's like my, my brother lives in New York and him is, he, he's vegan, but he, he goes to the store and he never cooks. Yeah. He just, uh, that's the problem. So, you know, what are you going to do with that? It's hard to, you know, change, change that habit. But I think if we really stress and, <clears throat> remind people that, you know, chronic disease is yes. not, uh, you know, is not a natural part of aging. No, and, uh, you, you know, right now, two thirds or 60 odd percent of the people either get uh, heart disease or uh, cancer and, uh, and they accept it. And it's, it doesn't have to be that way, especially, you know, Barbara, if like we were talking about the wisdom in the later years it's there for us we could tap into it but if you're not healthy and you start that you get a chronic disease and you're not feeling well you know you're not going to be interested in that so you really it's like two parts to this you want to use the wisdom you how do you use the wisdom well what do you love to do are you passionate about anything do you have any gifts uh do you love to uh maybe to paint or to or to write or take care of people or do you like to play music or do you like the garden or you know whatever it is that maybe going back in time and remembering what did i love to do I, that's what i did i i remember that i used to write ah. i used to do poetry when i was in my 20s and here i am and, and i was wondering well, why can't I write? I don't know what I'm going to write about. And then finally it came to being that I'm going to write about this. So, you know, so if you're not healthy and you're worried about being sick and uh, you have some sort of a chronic disease or you're going to be worried about getting COVID and and then, you you know, it's like you're not going to spend time checking into that wisdom that you have. That you have, I know. And, And that's why I tell people you have to not allow the fear to control your life go do what you were meant to do you know find that purpose and passion find something that'll bring you joy and and making you feel alive and happy and how many people are living in fear now living in fear anxiety completely stressed out you know because of you know the last couple of years whether it's 
you know, of getting sick or losing your job and not even, you know, not even thinking about other, you know, people in other parts of the world, you know, it's like what they had to go through, you know, where they don't even have enough to eat, you know, and they, it's, you know, it's just terrible that they, and people living in fear, the amount of, now we're seeing, you know, the amount of young children, you know, having uh, uh, psychological problems, you know, yes. the, the suicides have gone up. What's been happening in the States with the, you know, young people, you know, you know, killing, you know, who knows what they're going through, but it's all a, uh, sort of a, uh, you know, a product of, of this, all this fear and anxiety that we're going through, you know, and hopefully, uh, you know, we find an end to that. I hope so. Cause we, 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 we need to learn to love ourselves and others again. And I think yeah, we've gotten yeah. away from that. And and they, you know, these kids with the video games and all that, um, they they've become desensitized. Absolutely. And one of the, you know, when I talk about uh, you know the uh, what are the the lifestyle choices we make, which go along with the uh, you know the food we eat. You know, it's really important. You know, we got to get out and do exercise. We have to do things for stress reduction that I know, you know, you're involved in. I do, I've been doing meditation for many, many years, and that helps to reduce stress. You know, people do yoga or, or they do Tai Chi or whatever they do to reduce the stress. And, uh, and that's so important because stress also affects our health, you know, tremendously. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, and then, you know, like you're mentioning about uh, relationships, how's about getting personal relationships and getting off the, you know, the Zoom calls? Well, we're doing the Zoom calls, but we haven't got much of a choice because I'm here in Mexico. But, you know, know, just that's what the young people do is that it's on, the, you know, the uh, WhatsApps and uh, that's what that's their relationship people. I mean, yeah. you look at young people all the time, just that's the way they communicate is through yes, this. Yes. We need to have personal and caring relationships because, you know, it's interesting because my, my wife, she has, uh, she had every Sunday morning, she has her zoom call with uh, friends from Mexico city, about eight of them on the zoom call. They've been doing this throughout the pandemic. So now that it's everything sort of loosened up, uh, last month, they got together and it was the first time they got together in person and they met in Mexico city and they got together and they were just saying, it's like, what a difference. Yeah. <laughs> what a difference yes. to be with people because you feel people, you don't feel yes. people over the phone. No, you you feel people in person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I know, much, you know, yeah, it? things have changed and we see it. Things- we see how it's changed, but, uh, the food has big time has changed. And um, so do you have a copy of your book that you can show? Uh, yeah, can, can I, uh, can I get it? Yes, go get I'll it. I'll be back. Definitely. Okay, hold on. Okay, yeah. hold on a second. <laughs> He's getting his book right now. So we can show people what an incredible man. So yeah, his book is called the thriving vegan and it's available on Amazon. Uh, and he's going right now to show my listeners 
copy of how it looks. Um, yeah, so, you know, we, we need to eat healthy because I truly feel that when we have our health, we are very, very wealthy. Health is everything because when you're healthy, you can get up and do anything that you set your mind to do. So maybe it's time to look into plant-based foods, cut back on the meat, cut back maybe a little bit on the chicken and, you know, go with what we were just talking about with Michael. Uh, all right, Michael's back. <laughs> I'm back. Michael's back. There we go. Okay. Okay. So I'll, let's see. Is that it? Yes, we can see it. The Thriving Vegan. And that's available. Oh, wow. That's an interesting cover. Very yeah. interesting cover. Yes. The, who designed that beautiful cover? The publisher? Yeah, somebody here in San Miguel uh, designed oh. the cover. And yeah. And then... Uh, in the book, I'll just, it says in the back of the book, uh, it says, is conflicting nutrition information frustrating your desire to be healthy and to lose weight? Mm -hmm. Discover the foods your body thrives on requires letting go of some of the concepts and ideas we've learned about nutrition. And then it says in, in the bottom, it says, in this book, you'll learn how to connect with your inner doctor why low-carb diets don't work in the long term, how to transform nutrition belief into nutrition knowledge, how to prevent and reverse chronic diseases through nutrition, and how to achieve optimal health and longevity. Amen. So that's what... Uh, there you go. And that was, been, it was written in 2019. Wow, okay. And, and you're 80 years old, you said, right? 80 years old, that's right. And, and how do you feel? <laughs> You feel great, feel, don't you? I feel great. I feel, I mean, about, you know, it's maybe it's, uh, I, I don't think chronologically anymore because we, we're too stuck in the chronological yes. thing, yeah. you know, and everybody, you know, everybody wants, you know, oh, I'm getting older. You look at the actresses and act, you know, actors and actresses, they just want to, they, they're afraid. Everybody's afraid of getting older and they do these things and to stay young. Face it, it, you're not, you're not going to get out of this. It's gonna, no, we don't. So, <laughs> the wrinkles do come eventually. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, but uh -huh. tap into the, something else inside of us. And that's mm -hmm. the important thing because we have so much. We have uh, whole resources of clarity inside, appreciating this life. Of uh, We have a strength inside of us. We have a wisdom inside of us. And now it's time to do that. So... Yeah. That's what I feel. And, and it's like a whole new life for me now. I, I, I am hundred percent with you because that's how I feel. So yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Age, aging is a beautiful thing. It really is because as you said, there's a lot of wisdom and knowledge and, and, and it, it's up to us to share with those around us. Especially the younger generations, they need it bad. Yeah, they need it badly. I know. <laughs> so, Michael, where can my listeners get a hold of you? <laughs> and where can they well, find your I, book? I, mm -hmm. Okay, well, my book is on Amazon. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's a paperback or an e-book. Uh, e uh, just go, it's The Thriving Vegan. You'll go straight to it on Amazon. And also, I'd like to, for my uh, website... 
it's uh i don't know if it's easy it's just michael j dorfman.com Okay, Michaeljdorfman.com. Yeah. Okay. Dorfman.com. And uh, I have, uh, yeah, I've done other things too. I have a, uh, a local uh, vegan group here and another Facebook page, which I manage. And uh, But I think that's the best thing because as soon as you subscribe, uh, then I send out uh, my new ebook and uh, as a free gift. So it's Michael J. Dorfman, D-O-R-F-M-A-N.com. Exactly. Yes, that's it. Wow. Well, Michael, this has been an eye-opener. So, And I really appreciate the fact that you've come on the show. You know, I know it's a spiritual show, but I feel food is very spiritual. And we we truly need to get back to our roots, you could say, and and eat healthy and feel better, feel better. Right. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. And, you know, I want to thank my listeners for listening. And again, go to <laughs> michaeljdorfman.com and buy his book on Amazon, The Thriving Vegan by Michael J. Dorfman. And I hope that you heard what you needed to hear today. And please visit me at motivateyourlife.net. And please subscribe to this YouTube channel, the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. We're also on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, Amazon, and we are also international. So please check us out. And maybe for those of you that are interested in learning energy healing, check out my book on Amazon, Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. So again, Michael... Thank you so much for today. Go to michaeljdorfman.com and buy his book and get healthy. Stop <laughs> eating all this, this food. <laughs> yeah. Right? I know. Get healthy again so we can live. You can live like Michael way past the 80s <laughs> into the 90s and 100s. But um, again, thank you, Michael. And have a beautiful week filled with love and with light. Love, Barbara.